A reading from the Gospel according to Luke. There will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and on the earth distress among nations, confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Humanity coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now, when these things begin to take place, stand up and raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. Then he told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is already near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that the sovereignty of God is near. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Be on guard so that your hearts are not weighed down with carousing and drunkenness and the worries of this life, and that day does not catch you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon all who live in the face of the whole earth. Be alert at all times. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Good morning. Happy New Church Year! As always, it is a delight to be with you, to pray with you this morning. Flannery O'Connor's short story, A Good Man is Hard to Find, tells the story of a family who are stuck on the side of the road after a car accident. A group of men approach not to help, but carrying guns. And the prickly, pious grandmother in the car recognizes one of the men as the misfit, a murderer who recently escaped from prison. I won't spoil the rest of the story for you, but at one point, the terrified old woman finds herself alone and face to face with the misfit. O'Connor writes, the grandmother's head cleared for an instant She saw the man's face twisted close to her own as if he were going to cry. And she murmured, Why, you're one of my babies. You are one of my own children. What happened in that moment was that the woman had gone from seeing to looking from a merely sensory and conventional experience to what Bernard Lonergan calls insight a move beyond cognition to a deeper understanding. Or to use more religious language, she's had a kind of epiphany, a revelation of the reality behind the evident reality, the truth that can escape ordinary seeing. Looking this way, the deeper looking of insight, the eye for epiphany, is the core invitation of the season of Advent. We celebrate a season with the colors of the night sky, indigo and purple, emphasizing that it's not the ordinary seeing of daytime that's needed, but looking more deeply into the nature of things, into the soul of the world, into the way things are in the kingdom of God. 
shift from seeing to looking is the theme of this first season of the church year because without it, we'll miss everything. It's this first, it's this looking that transforms a pregnant, unmarried teen from Nowheresville and Roman-occupied Judea into the mother of God. It is this looking that helps us see beyond the evident craziness of John the Baptist clothed in animal skins, eating honey and bugs, into the one who announces truly the coming of the Messiah. It is this looking that allows us to see that a child born in a stable is the light of the world. It is looking that will allow us to see his death as the death of death itself. And it is looking into the tomb that we find that he is risen. It is looking that allows us to recognize in the breaking of the bread that the stranger who walked with us all the way from Jerusalem to Emmaus is that same risen Jesus. It is looking that presents to us the kingdom of God even now, even as we await its coming. For that kingdom is, as the prophet Bono observed, a place that must be believed to be seen. To see all these things truly we must be on the lookout for them, like the observer peering out from the wall on the lookout. Unless we're on the lookout, we'll miss everything. In today's gospel, uh, we are likewise invited to look instead of seeing. The signs of chaos and peril are in fact good news, for they signal that the inbreaking of the kingdom is at hand. The nations in disarray, the roaring sea and the waves these are the fulfillment of the promise to Jeremiah that justice will reign on earth. Unless we're on the lookout, we'll miss everything. St. Bonaventure tells the story of the young Francis of Assisi just starting out on his path to sainthood. Francis saw a person with leprosy in the road ahead of him. Despite his fear and disgust, instead of turning away, the sensible thing to do because leprosy is contagious, Francis leapt off his horse, ran to embrace the man, kissed his hand, and gave him alms. Bonaventure continues, Then forthwith, mounting his horse, he looked around him on all sides, and the plain was spread before him unbroken, and no trace of that leper might he see. Then, filled with wonder and joy, Francis began devoutly to chant praises unto the Lord, purposing from this to rise ever unto greater heights. Now, okay, ordinarily, I hate stories where people magically disappear <laughs> because secretly they were Jesus or they were some kind of test or something like that. I hate those. But what if what disappeared wasn't the person that Francis had hugged, but the leper? that he feared. In other words, maybe what Francis saw now was the man as he truly was, a brother, not a monster, not a leper in sight. Maybe over the broken bread at the table in Emmaus, what disappeared was a stranger, not the Jesus in front of him. 
though, of this kind of transformation by looking in ordinary life. Think about walking down the street and realizing that a friend is walking toward you. What happens isn't the mere substitution of, oh, that's Alan, for that guy on the street ahead of me. Instead, the recognition of Alan instantly floods the experience with all the memories of friendship and the time spent together and the adventures shared. That person has taken on the richness of a relationship, not merely the assigning of a correct name. Indeed, the, the growing of any relationship is the same continual process of mutually receiving a richer giftness or givenness of the other person. The philosophically inclined among you will notice that I'm stealing some of my ideas today from the phenomenology of Jean-Luc Marion. But, (laughs) But this is where the mystics come in. The mystics, more than anybody, invite us to the enjoyment of the givenness of God. Revelation isn't merely a, a cognitive graft of, a grasp of, say, oh, God who is three persons in one deity. Revelation is the phenomenon, the showing, the self-manifestation of the divine, wholly given and eliciting from us a response in kind. The mystics speak of the spiritual senses that are related to the regular bodily senses as looking is to see, not a rejection of sensory experience, but looking profoundly into things. Here's Julian of Norwich. And God showed me a little thing, the quantity of a hazelnut lying in the palm of my hand, as it seemed. And it was as round as any ball. I looked at it with the eye of my understanding and thought, what may this be? And it was answered generally thus, it is all that is made. I marveled how it might last, for I thought it might suddenly have fallen to nothing for littleness. And I was answered in my understanding, it lasts and ever shall, for God loves it. And so have all things their beginning by the love of God. In this little thing, I saw three properties. The first is that God made it. The second, that God loves it. And the third, God keeps it. Religious revelation, the kind of thing we see when we're on the lookout, is what Marion called a saturated phenomenon, that is, Uh, These are the words of Sandra Schneider. She says, an appearance or emergence of meaning so rich, deep, illuminating, and challenging that we cannot grasp it as an idea, wrap it up as a proposition, claim at some point to understand it so that we can now go on to something else. We do not draw conclusions from participation in a saturated phenomenon. We become a different person. And because of this, when we're on the lookout, the world itself is transformed. This is what classic spirituality calls the illuminative way in which the indwelling of the spirit is evident wherever we look. The world shines 
with the glory of God. Okay, so this can sound kind of abstruse and very difficult and kind of elitist. Plus, Advent comes at one of the busiest times of the year when the world around us careens into Christmas without that pause for this season of indigo and purple at all. Not to mention, well, there's a little political turmoil just now too, it seems. Not to mention a human rights crisis on our border. It is just not a good time to be called into contemplation. But think about it. When we hear, be on the lookout on cop shows, it's not, so when you get some spare time, keep your eyes peeled. It's urgent. So too is this first invitation of the church year to be looking beyond seeing in the world. The gospel warns us, Beware that your hearts do not become drowsy from carousing and drunkenness and the anxieties of daily life and that day catch you by surprise like a trap. I don't think this is a puritanical warning against drinking and carousing. At least I hope it isn't. (laughs) But, But rather, I think it's a reminder that all kinds of things can distract us from looking but that without looking, we'll miss everything. We won't see truly, like the grandmother in O'Connor's story, like Francis, like Julian, like Jesus. So how do we start? I'd like to recommend for an Advent prayer a practice that Evelyn Underhill calls recollection. It's simple. Take a thing, a flower, a leaf, a rock, a sleeping cat, anything, and sit with it, just looking. Imagine that you are looking at this with the eyes of God, looking at it with love. That's it. Just look. Spend a few minutes in the company of a part of creation, trying to look as God looks. Uh, That was Teresa of Avila's advice to her students. She said, I do not require of you to form great and curious considerations in your understanding. I require of you no more than to look. So this Advent, in all the busyness and tumult, let's look at the world with new eyes. Let's seek to engage that spiritual vision that lets us look beyond mere appearances to see the truth of the world. Let's all be on the lookout. Amen.